I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. A lot of people have said there are people now dying of the swine flu who are in good health. By whose standards? Hospitals serve Jello. Robert Scott Bell. Food advertising. You know the people. Fresh, natural, hearty, old-fashioned, homemade goodness in a can. <laughs> Robert Scott Robert Bell. Scott Bell. Dr. Agus argues that the fountain of youth is attainable if everyone were to take statin drugs. Excuse me? It sounds completely, completely insane. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty Robert Scott Bell. All right, it's time for some more great nourishment and healing here from the Reawaken America Tour in Nashville, Tennessee. Joined by my friend Jim Gale, who's uh, man, where how you are you at home ever to do the things you got to grow in and all the stuff you got to do? There's nowhere I like better than being in my garden at Galt's Landing. It's paradise. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. So uh, to be out here, I mean, like I'm, I'm missing my greenhouses right now, but my wife's taking care of them, thank goodness. Yeah. But uh, we're looking forward to the spring planting season because I used to be in Florida, so I could grow year round. Yep. And no longer, uh, so I've had to learn how to do that seasonal thing and then go indoors on the winter. But uh, God bless you for all that you're doing to teach us what we need to be doing and what we can do. We, uh, yep. Yes, this is how we attain our freedom. This is how we earn our freedom. When we simply take the poisons out and use our land wisely, when we steward our land, Mm -hmm. and we love the permaculture principles, when we plant perennial edible landscapes instead of ornamental landscapes, we reverse mass extinction, deforestation, cancer, diabetes, heart disease trends, we end world hunger, and we end tyranny. Again, simply by taking the poisons out and growing food instead of half of our lawns. Yeah, I was li- I was liking that. If we were cows, we'd be doing really well. But uh, yeah. most of us are not. So eating the lawns and plus what they're spraying on most of those lawns, devastatingly horrible for the environment. And then what they spray that's trying to remediate the environment, the dandelions, could save us too. Yep. Yes, and that's, they always put, <laughs> they say that the dandelions are the weeds. No, the lawn is the weed. The dandelion yeah. heals the soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that and, and I think hemp. I mean, I wish we, we all had the ability to grow hemp everywhere because it would also remediate the soils. It's, uh, it's an amazing plant for a lot of reasons, including, again, environmental uh, reclamation. Yep, absolutely. You know, at Galt's Landing, we have over 220 different types of food growing on our property already, mm-hmm. and we'll never be done. And it's paradise. When people come there, they a lot of them have tears in their eyes because when they experience a perennial food forest, mm-hmm. it's like the Garden of Eden, they feel that they can do it. So yeah. that's the systems that we're setting up all over the world. Well, that's been my journey. I was a city slicker from New York City. Uh, as a kid, and we moved down to Florida when I was a kid, and then moved to Georgia for 30 years, and uh, never once did we grow anything. Right. Until later in my quote-unquote young life, uh, where I learned about the necessity of eating food as it used to be grown, organically. Yeah. Uh, now we have to hyphenate all food to find out what's safe to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, the journey back to sanity, back to the soil has been an extraordinary journey for me, not only to restore my health in, in terms of the, you know, the physical functioning, but emotional, mental, spiritual, everything, when we get back into that and start growing food again. 
that's it. A food forest is the ultimate stack of functions in our world. It not only will heal your stomach, but it'll heal your heart and your mind. Mm -hmm. The birds, the butterflies, the life. It, it's like a frequency of abundance that you can feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you gave a, a big tour when we were down there for the uh, Warner's event in Orlando. I was down there and I couldn't get away because I was recording and broadcasting and lecturing. I was kind of bummed they timed it out because yeah. I saw all my friends went and uh, Kevin came back with a little bit of sun-kissed uh, face yep. out there and uh, just the joy that I saw on people's faces when they came back from it. I'm just, I got to get back down there and see your place. I think uh, I may be coming down for an event Nutritional Frontiers is hosting in Clearwater Beach. Uh, the 31st of March, 1st and 2nd of April. So yeah. around that time, I don't know if you're around, maybe oh, coordinate please. a visit. Yes, yeah. please come. So we're building these Freedom Farm Academies mm -hmm. to demonstrate freedom on every level. We, for instance, do not pay property taxes. We don't ask the government for permission to do anything. We work with lawful strategies. Mm -hmm. Do no harm. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned about uh, property taxes, and I thought it, it's, it's interesting how they tax private or real property because when you own it, they can't tax it. Right. But the reality is they've changed it and made it artificial into something called real estate. Yeah. And, and people don't understand the difference between that. Also, going back into the history of a, a mineral rights or a lodial title and yeah. things like that. Are, are you able to teach things like that as well? We demonstrate that. Like a lodial means there's nobody above. There's yeah. no authority that has the right to tell me. And by the way, here's what according to the legal system, which is the undoing of God's law, yeah. here's what we can do. We can cut it all and we can poison the shit out of it, but we cannot do what we're currently doing according to their rules. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a ruler. I am a sovereign. Yeah. So, and again, in, in Florida, where you are, right, uh, have you had much inter interface with these Yahoo bureaucrats that have no earthly idea what you're saying? They don't recognize a language even. You know, that's the fun part. I am very public about our freedom. And we have a lot of video cameras. We have a pretty big stage now. So we are claiming very clearly that we do not comply with any force and violence or tyranny. And Wicked does not want to show up because it will be in the light. And mm -hmm. the Wicked wants to remain in the dark. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So in terms of, uh, let's say, the conversion of what they... Uh, the artifice, if you will, of the land we live on where they say they claim ownership over it and they rent it back to you and they charge a tax on it. Uh, as far as the reclamation, you know, is this, again, I got so many questions and I've been investigating this for so many decades now, but I don't have any definitive answers to say, hey, I've seen it work every time here, here, here. I'm not looking for magic stuff, but really, how do you ground people in understanding how to interact with that artificial world that proclaims ownership over all of us when we claim our own, you know, sanctity and sovereignty once again under God. Yes. There's something in the frequency of faith mm -hmm. and courage that is like a power field around us. I truly believe that so much so that I have no other logical way to act mm -hmm. but in pure faith because fear is the control mechanism of the wicked. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing to do is recognize where we are controlled with shame, humiliation, pride, arrogant type of pride and fear, mm -hmm. and then step into faith, which is a feeling that feels way better than fear. Yeah. Well, and, and from faith to knowingness as well, I think that's part of my journey, realizing that at a certain point you have that leap of faith. You're like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. And then you're met, whether it's halfway or all the way, and you're like, oh, 
I, I'm not falling anymore. I'm not going to be harmed. And and then you do that again and again and again. And at a certain point, I've I've witnessed in my own experience that that faith fades away, not because I've lost it, but because it's no longer necessary because you have the knowingness yes. of the presence, constant presence. Constant presence. That's perfectly said. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that can be verbalized because sometimes you just have to experience things. Yes. But trying to communicate that with people, because I don't mean to, I, I, I do appreciate and love people of faith. I'm drawn to them. At the same time, I'm trying to go, can you get beyond your faith to where you have, you're walking in that presence so much that there, there's no longer a matter of faith? Exactly. It's just presence. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the God's gift, right, is the present. And when we can be in the present and we can recognize when somebody is trying to control our minds, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of governmente and mind control is fundamental. Mm-hmm. And what is the opposite of mind control and how easy is it to attain? The opposite of mind control is a mind free of programming. Mm-hmm. And then how easy is it to attain? It takes practice because right now we're in the habit yes. of being controlled. Mm-hmm. So the, it's so meditation or prayer. Yes. I'm one breath away from being in the present at any time. Beautifully said, Jim. That's, you know, another question before I even had to ask it of Jim. He gets it. It's like, what do you do to practice the presence? Because people will say, well, that sounds pretty fascinating what you're talking about, you guys. But how do you get there? And it's like anything. If you've ever uh, engaged in an athletic endeavor, maybe you're in your youth or maybe now you, you compete in some way, shape, or form. You didn't reach the top of the charts the first day you went out there. No. And maybe the second or the third or the hundredth, but you kept going, kept going. And you refined your skills. You strengthened your resolve. The, the physical you know, response to physical exercises, you strengthen the body, the temple that we're in. But we talk about emotions mental stuff you're mentioning and i'm talking about spiritual i'm like how do you exercise spiritually yeah tesla said if you want to find the secrets to the universe think in terms of energy frequency and vibration now either he missed a word or they changed a word don't think in terms of energy frequency and vibration feel Mm. experience energy frequency and vibration and when you can take a breath and feel your hands feel your heart feel your stomach experience the energy that you are which is infinite Mm -hmm. then that's the first step into being present Mm -hmm. and when you were on the farm tour that i didn't get to do did you talk about some of these things or was this too much for the people? And you know what? what I, I never care what's too much. I <laughs> care what I feel. Yes, yes. And I talked about it all. And it was fantastic. I, it was one of the most profound days. And the energy explosion, like a supernova that's coming from that day, mm-hmm. is exponential. Nice. Yeah. Now, are there other events or tours like that that we experienced when we were with that conference in Orlando that people can attend? Or is it a matter of, can they make an appointment to kind of experience the things we're talking about? So that is a great question. And I have been obsessed with the question, how do we catalyze a shift in awareness that leads to mass adoption yeah. of the most logical, loving, and joyful thing we could ever do? And that's used our, to use our hearts and our minds and our land wisely, exposing the poisons and the poison producers and then using nature's or God's systems to grow food perennial with permaculture principles. So we have now created a a 30 minute Mm -hmm. free anybody who wants to grow food. You can have 20 bucks or you can have 20 billion. And if you want to start growing food, we will set you up with a professional permaculture designer for a 30 minute consult. You can ask any questions you want to ask and it's free for anybody who wants to start growing food. 
Oh, man, I can't wait to, like, enhance what I've been learning to do something like this. So, uh, uh, Jim Gell, where do we go to find out and how to set that up? It's at foodforestabundance.com. Food Forest. Everybody write this down. Abundance.com. And you'll see probably a lot more than that in terms of the online presence of things you can learn just by being there yeah. and watching that. Yes. Our mission and our joyful obsession is to inspire and empower you to grow food. Because when we take back food sovereignty, the problem, as Kissinger laid out clearly, if yeah. you want to control people, control food. Yeah. Well, the solution is quite opposite of that. Decentralized, healthy, poison-free food is the foundation of freedom. Stand by. We're going to talk a little bit more with Jim Gale on this very important topic. If there ever was one, this is it. RobertTiabell.com. Back after this. in the health world through the power of radio it's the robert scott bell show uh, probably one of my favorite topics of all time since i've uh, you know become a, a natural medicine guy homeopath all these years ago and then later on went back to the soil and started growing my own food and urging you all to do the same meeting people like jim gale is a godsend this is where we say thank you you know we're, we're so grateful for the folks the souls that are on this planet at this time you know, because we don't have enough of the people that know how to do this, but the people that are willing to give them themselves to teach us, to teach you, to teach me, these are gifts that you do not want to overlook. And I'm just, you know, he's, he's sitting right next to me. I'm talking about him like he isn't here, but I uh, appreciate him so much. And I'm, I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to come together at the Reawaken America tour, as well as any other opportunity that I can get to get down there and see him. And, that, and I'm going to plan for that. We're going to work on that. And you guys, too, can get help wherever you are based on where we said foodforestabundance.com. Check that out. So uh, go back to your backstory. Were you born with a, a farmer's fork in your hand? I mean, I, I wasn't. So for me, this was an evolution in my adult years to come back to sanity. So my mom was a war orphan from World War II. Gosh, I feel very emotional right now. Thank you for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she grew up on a farm in Medelia, Minnesota, where they didn't have running water or electricity till she was 15 years old. Wow, yeah. And when I was a kid, I'd go to the farm, and it was my favorite. The, the two or three weekends a year we'd go to the farm were my favorite weekends of the year. Uh, sometimes I'd get lost in the cornfield and play with the chickens, and they called me Nature Boy growing up. <laughs> so I've always been... You were before Ric Flair or after Ric Flair? I was uh, probably after, after, just a Rick, little bit. <laughs> yeah, but you were the authentic great nature. <laughs> right, boy, right. I love nature. My only yeah. magazine subscription was Ranger Rick, and Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom was yeah, my favorite show. Yeah, I remember that. I love yeah. that show. Mm-hmm. So it's been very profoundly important, the connection with nature, and then... I got into the mortgage industry when I was uh, 29, 30. I was dead broke. Mm. And in about three and a half years, did about $1.3 in volume. Wow. And, and then I retired. And then I red-pilled. And then I learned permaculture. And then I had my first two daughters. I've got four daughters. Uh, what are their age ranges? Uh, 18 to 3. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. And, of course, as parents, if you're a parent, you know that you start looking at the world differently when you have kids. Yeah. And I started saying, asking, what's the world going to be like? In 10 years, in 20 world years, what's the world of my grandkids mm. going to be like? Mm-hmm. And 
when you learn the problems, and I was so focused on the problems that I was going through kind of a shitty time. Yeah. You know, I had all the time in the world. I was retired, kind of, and I was studying the problem every day, all day long. And for those of you who are studying the problem, I, I would suggest diverting some, if not most, of your time to the solution. You know, if all these people in Brazil and different places, instead of protesting for hours a day, if they were using that exact same amount of time to put to build soil, mm -hmm. the soil is the immune system of Mother Nature, of Earth. And when we build her, the immune system can take all these poisons and make them inert. Mm -hmm. And if people did this, this is the ultimate sedition. The ultimate protest is to take your food yeah. sovereignty back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the greatest uh, act of civil disobedience you can take is to grow your own food, <laughs> to become food sovereign. And also, remember the abundance that you have provides for the opportunity to give to others, to support others in charity. It's very difficult to do that when you're starving yourself. Right? Yes. That's why they say, put, you know, put your mask on first or else you're going to be alive to help your kid. Nature is infinite. You can count the seeds in a single apple but you cannot count the apples in a single seed. Mm. It's literally infinite. And, and also, a lot of people out there, when you think about growing food, you think about being a farmer. Yeah. I'm not a farmer. In fact, I don't actually grow anything. I provide it home by mm. using the permaculture principles, and I design good soil. That's the key. And then the food grows itself. I can walk outside right now any time of year in mm. Florida, and my buddy can in northern Minnesota, but, you know, for five months of the year. Yeah. And it's radical abundance for free all the time all over the place. Yeah. We had, uh, you know, uh, how would you say inherited when we moved to the property we're on um, a beautiful apricot tree and i've never seen so many apricots two three years in a row of abundance like awesome. i just like well, th well this is the gift of, of heaven and so i, I planted another uh, fruit orchard over the last couple of years and it's starting to you know go but the point is the best time to the plant is 20 years ago the next best time is right now and I'd love for you to learn how to do what Jim Gale's teaching us all how to do. Check it out, foodforestabundance.com. And I can't wait to visit. This time, when I come back near you, we're going to coordinate a visit. I love it. You, know, and you can stay at our Freedom Farm Academy. We're putting in all the healing modalities, and we're, we're completely off the grid. And a special gift from my friends at Natural Immunogenics there in Sarasota. I'm going to get you some silver and copper hydrosol. Oh, wow. Because we all need that. We've been depleted of so many things. This stuff's amazing. I love it. Pure water. It. So take that and go and grow. God bless you all. Thank you for being here, Jim Gale. Uh, Power to Heal is yours. We'll be back after this. Thank you. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. Oh my gosh, when I do out travel trips, occasionally I run into this guy and uh, makes my day so much better. Uh, Dr. Brian Artis is back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Brian, what's happening, my brother? Robert, it's been great to get to know you and spend time with you. Always love seeing you. And it's just it's like a long lost brother. It's not enough time. You know, it's like uh, I'm greedy. I want more time. Right, but we're here now. We'll we'll make the best of That's it. That's when we go out to dinners. That's you know, right. Yes, yeah. and I and, and I always find some good organic farm to tables. They're abundant now. So Thank God. I'll hook you up. Thank whatever. you. <laughs> Bring it on. And so you and Jane are amazing, and uh, it's good to get together. So I, I almost say, yeah, I'm scared to say what's the latest update because uh, you you know I don't want to keep you here for 24 hours. Your wife will get mad at me. No, it's great. But. 
you know, as we as we look and say, what have you gotten right? If what have you gotten wrong? What have you changed? And you're holding up something for the uh, video screen. What is going on over there? It looks pretty scary. All right, so you've probably seen the videos of Richard Herman, Hirschman, the embalmer, pulling out blood clots yes. out of dead bodies. Yep. He brought these to me about eight months ago, in May of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted me to make sure I got it tested. Actually, uh, he sent something to Mike Adams. There was a big white carotid clot he'd pulled out. He'd yeah. sent, he gave to me personally and then called me. Him and Mike were like, get it to me. We'll test it. Mm-hmm. And Mike did some publications, did some testing on it, did some mass spectra on it. And at the end of it, Mike Adams said, we can no longer call these blood clots. Lots. They're not made of human blood. That's the thing. You look at them, you're like, those don't look like traditional blood clots. Now, now Robert, uh, I was texting with... Uh, Richard Hirschman this morning on the way to this event. Okay. Uh, and I told him, I said, uh, I'll go on any media outlet you need for me to apologize to you because I called these a hoax. Yeah. And I did. I was like, there's nothing in nature that's going to cause that. Well, mm-hmm. the entire presentation today, Robert, yes, was how it is they do make these. Mm-hmm. And I did not know how they did this. And until I could find something published on how you could create something like this. Yeah. Okay. If I asked you, when the human body makes blood clots, do you know what the blood component is that God created inside of us to break down blood clots? Do you know what that's called or remember what that's called? To break down the fibrin or fibrinogen? Yeah. Yep. Do you know what it's called? What was it called? Uh, no, bring it back. Plasmin. Plasmin, yes. Okay. Thank P-L-A-S-M-I-N. Yeah. So yeah. God gave us plasmin to break down blood clots as the body releases the components of the blood clot that's now been broken down. When you do a lab test or blood test, it'll come back with a elevated D-dimer if you have blood clots. Mm-hmm. D-dimer is the yep. test that confirms plasmin is breaking down blood clots. So we need to handle blood clots. They're being made in the body and being formed, mm-hmm. and the body's breaking them down. Well, what I didn't know was that our United States Department of Defense has been funding research to create clots just like this, and I found out what they use to do it. Well, before you get to that, the question is, why are they looking to produce clots like that? Yeah, so they're pup. That's a great question, right? I was like, why in the world would you <laughs> want to do this? That's my first question. <laughs> so what are they targeting? It's Mom. very interesting. They created this out of an effort, supposedly, as they publish, mm-hmm. for when there's injuries on the battlefield. That was my the thought military. that they were going to claim. If we can stop clotting. hemorrhaging. Right. By the way, we can use uh, silver nitrate. They've been using that in battlefield uh, wounds to stop bleeding uh, like that. Uh, so... This is something else, I think. Just, just, yes. a, just a smidgen of a thought there. Yeah. So yeah. what? So what they've created? This is not a joke, and they published not. That's what I showed from the stages. Mm-hmm. Is that for over a decade now they've actually been combining. This is not a joke. In the United States Department of Defense published literature. Yeah. They have actually created a self-assembling hydrogel. <laughs> I actually showed it. This was yeah. self-assembling hydrogel. It's called SLAC, S-L-A-C, capital S, capital L, little A-C. Mm-hmm. And they infused it with something called baxotropin. That sounds like baxotropin. I mean, it's sort of like a cross between an antibiotic and a, you know, a tropin in it. What the hell is this? It's a snake venom blood clotting enzyme. Ah, wow. And guess what it blocks from being able to break down the blood clot? Right, so it what you will produce plasmin from breaking, breaking down, down blood clots. Now so, it gets worse, by the way. Okay. All right, so these are the things you want to research and study and know, and everyone around the world who's looking at these clots or micro blood clotting, blood clotting anywhere in the human body mm-hmm. since COVID started. This slack hydrogel infused with snake venom. Mm-hmm. They published that they made it to where it's heparin resistant. So and I showed the world. 
So even uh, the the baseline response to clotting issues to make the ICU. blood not clot, heparin is not going to work on this. Nope. They actually okay. say we made it to where heparin won't touch it. And then they published that they created something called SB50. It's a new, more advanced hydrogel. This is in 2022. This is not a joke. They published it this last year. Yeah. 2022. We have SB50, a new self-assembling hydrogel that's infused with two snake venom proteins. One's from the saw-scaled viper. It's called Ecarin, E-C-A-R-N. That's the component of their venom that initiates blood clotting in a human. Hmm. And then they took another snake's venom yeah. from the eastern brown snake, and this protein is called textilinin, like a textile mill, mm-hmm. textilinin. And they publish Ecarin and textilinin. When you combine it in a hydrogel, it creates this self-assembling uh, nanoparticle hydrogel and fibrous clots that plasmin will not touch, heparin will not break down, and warfarin cannot break down. Ecarin, the venom from saw-scaled vipers, initiates blood clotting. And increases fibrin production, fibrous clots, right? Yeah. And then, wow, they add textilinin to it, which is a venom component from the eastern brown snake that just so happens to not allow plasmin, warfarin, or heparin to break down those clots. Self-assembling hydrogel anywhere in the human body that cannot be broken down. And it actually publishes that when they do these hydrogel infusions by injection, they say mm-hmm. it's by injection. And I showed the whole world, look, they say they inject this inside of you. Mm-hmm. When they do this, it will initiate blood clotting in less than 60 seconds. The normal time for a blood clot to start to form in natural human beings is over eight minutes. They can do it in less than 60 seconds with this thing. Yeah, but then who's to stop it from uh, completely uh, clotting the entire uh, arterial system or whatever it is, the venous system? You're right. So to say that this is about saving the lives of soldiers on the battlefield, when we already had the ability to do that for the most part, uh, I don't think there's plausible deniability anymore. Yeah, and also on the pre- on the presentation, and everybody go to the doctorartistshow.com. If you put mm-hmm. in your email, this presentation is going to be sent to you. I need the whole world looking at this and then holding lab techs, scientists, chemists, medical doctors. Hold them accountable to go look for those things. They're telling you they can do this. Yeah. No one in the world has explained this yet how they're doing it. I just showed you what they're using to possibly create all of these. It's the only thing that explains the body not being able to break this down. Mm-hmm. So I showed the whole world that on a website called gentar.com, G-E-N-T-A-U-R.com, gentar.com, G-E-N-T-A-U-R.com. Mm-hmm. You can type on that actual website any snake venom peptide you want that's manufactured around the world, and I typed in textilinin, 67 different synthetic manufactured textilinin sources around the world are producing this venom mm-hmm. peptide that they know hinders blood clot degradation. Yeah. So I just showed them, and Ecarin, I can show you there's 27 different suppliers of that around the world, most of them in China. Yes. Synthetically manufacturing venoms, and it even says you can pick it to be either synthetically made, your textilinin or Ecarin, you as a researcher or as a person buying it from us, which I can buy it, mm-hmm. just as a random person. It says if, if you buy this stuff, uh, you get to pick from one of four different systems that it can be grown in. Either bacteria, yeast, or mammal cell lines. 
Holy crap. Well, dude. we are mammals. Yeah, you inject us with this crap, your body know they know it's not in a petri dish. You're Mammal a, cells will generate a, it. You're a growth medium. Yeah, and over time that's the worry. You inject instructions on how cells are now instructed to make venom peptides. What's gonna happen as you start developing more e carin, e more textilinin in the human body, you're gonna develop clots and it's not automatic. Mammal cells do it slower than normal. Hey, I thought that uh, this was all about mRNA to, to, to signal the uh, DNA to protein into reality spikes. I just told you this is what they're doing. Spike proteins are nothing more than venom glycoproteins. Mm-hmm. Folks, uh, again. <laughs> and that wasn't confirmed by me. It was confirmed by China yeah. in January 2020. Mm-hmm. France, France in yeah. April of 2020. And then Italy in June of 2020. So they purposefully make this so it's, uh, they hope, apparently impossible to remedy. Yes. Very cool, though. There is remedies. Yeah, of course. We they, know. They, they've already been looking at the antidotes for mm-hmm. every single one of the blood clotting cascade. You know, if you remember this from blood clots, mm-hmm. we have in our human body what are called blood clotting factors. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. There's twelve different ones. There is a published drug called Suramin that mm-hmm. is the perfect antidote to all of those cl- blood clot forming components. Yeah. And no matter which one of those are driven, Suramin blocks them all. Yeah, is this and a- this is a drug made by Bayer. Mm-hmm. And in the study titled 100 Years of Suramin on the NIH's website right now, it says, we have already published that there is a component in licorice root that does the same thing. Is it the glyceria? It is. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It well, is phenomenal. Yeah. They know that we'll do it. So Dr. Henry Ely and I have been going through all of this for the last month. We are mm-hmm. developing a three-month protocol of how to block the receptors on the cells where the venom peptides are targeting mm-hmm. and then how to detoxify those venoms. And they know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you some examples. In the patents for these technologies as antiviral vaccines using venoms mm-hmm. to detoxify the venoms, they say commercially the industrial standard is using hydrogen peroxide to detoxify, detoxify the venom. Mm. Does the human body make hydrogen peroxide? There is a, a, a certain pathway where that is happening. Yeah, yes. the mit- mitochondria do that, actually. <laughs> yes. So we are figuring out how to use food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Don't use it yet. Right. We are actually experimenting with it. We'll be releasing our protocol in the next two months. Great. That's why everybody needs to be following us. Mm-hmm. We're going to be teaching you how it is the mechanism of action that is published that these spike proteins that are actually venom peptides, confirmed by other scientists, not me, I just showed the whole world, but bungarotoxin was the number one origin source for COVID defined by Chinese researchers. That crate snake's venom called bungarotoxin. January 2020, confirmed to be the source of COVID. You know what's amazing about that? In 2018, yeah. our government started funding, funding research to look at 360 different plant extracts as antidotes to bungarotoxin. And they figured out the top 10. Hmm. And it includes ashwagandha and chase tree. Oh, how and, about that? And ashwagandha was like number one. Yeah. And so me and Ely had to go through the studies. I had to show them. I'm like, this is what the top goes. Well, how does it work? We got to be able to explain this to audiences. Guess what? We figured out that what they found was it doesn't adhere to the cells to keep the venom from hurting you. Mm-hmm. It perfectly docks to the oh. toxin so the body can chelate it out or draw it out of the body. Nice. It binds to all of its docking sites on the outside. Has of that the been venom. published yet? Yes, it has. Okay. All right. Well, look, we got uh, a five-minute segment to go, and we're going to be right back with uh, Dr. Brian Artis here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. The stuff you uh, must know, and also remember the Dr. Brian Artis Show linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Back in just a moment. God bless y'all for being here, and God bless my buddy. 
Brian Artis. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, here we go with Dr. Brian Artis. We are not here enough together, so we're going to pack it in in this last five-minute segment with him uh, as we wrap up the good news in the midst of a lot of uh, you know horrible disasters that that make the X Files look like uh, I don't know. I mean, th- th- this is stuff we saw in the X Files. Honestly, this is crazy. All the stuff they telegraphed was going to happen as I'm holding up this so-called uh, you know these clot things that look like little aliens in the body. Uh, we mentioned uh, DOD attempts and other attempts to uh, uh, stop clotting from happening or force clotting to happen. You know, there are a lot of different things that are happening simultaneous. Well, we, we are doing this to save you. But, of course, at the end of the day, we are seeing so many people dying slowly, slow kill, manifesting these things. In. And is, it, is this any evidence of this happening in people that have not gotten a direct injection of the mRNA jabs? Nope. Okay. Micro blood clotting, yes, which right. could be from the shedding or just sure. being exposed to venoms. But, but no, this, these, these are this is requiring these are direct confirmed injection. Vaxed. Okay. Richard Hirschman, I asked him, how do you how do you have confirmation these people were vaxed? Mm-hmm. He had on the Ziploc bag. These are in yeah. vaxed. One, two boosters. Yes, yes, no, no. Question mark. I only took the ones that he said he could confirm. Yeah. And I asked him, how did you know? And he said the funeral director confirmed it for me. Now I'm not a funeral director, but I was weirdly shocked that he said that personally because yeah. I don't know what funeral directors know and don't know. But uh, right. that's where you got the information, supposedly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, it's a good news scenario for all y'all that are listening to this show that never got jabbed. Of course, we still are concerned for friends, family, loved ones that succumb to the pressure, whatever happened. And then you know some of the things we talked about in the last segment with Dr. Artis talks about the things you're going to need to integrate or have them integrate knowing what this slow development is in terms of mammalian growth media. I mean, they look at us like pe- we are Petri dishes to them, obviously. Absolutely. They know they can do it. Yeah, and, and so they do. Will they get away with it? I don't know. In the, in the end, of, end of day, so to speak, uh, no. But here, is there justice that we can witness? Can they be called to the carpet and said, you know, you guys are freaking villains beyond super villains we've ever heard. Well, what I'm excited about is finally there's been two or three different medical professionals who've actually reached out to me and spent three hours of alone time with me taking them through all the Venom research really? to describe exactly how I can, how I know and can confirm from their publications how they orchestrate miscarriages during pregnancy, mm-hmm. how they're creating these blood clots. Ryan Cole, other ones I won't mention yet yeah. because they don't want to speak on it publicly, but they're going to actually set up research teams right now. They already are. To confirm this, and they're asking me for assays, stains. Mm -hmm. I'll just say right now, there is an actual staining technique in an assay, a test to do for what's called L-amino acid oxidase. It was the first in 2003, the first venom from a snake that they said proposed would have antiviral properties as a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It is published in the same paper from 2017 that this one component of snake venom, LAO, inhibits syncytium formation. Mm. Well, guess what syncytium is required for? You can't get a placenta to, to bind to the uterine right. wall like Velcro and stick yeah. or develop blood supply from the mother to the baby without syncytium doing that. And syncytium then creates what are called syncytiotrophoblasts. 
These are responsible for creating HCG hormone and mm-hmm. progesterone to maintain a pregnancy. Yeah. And they've published that this thing actually destroys syncytium. And syncytium is required for the intercalated disc of every heart muscle cell. So it will actually damage those and then create mm-hmm. what's called elongated QT intervals, mm-hmm. heart rate problems that you're seeing all over the world. It is the Dude. perfect perfect scenario and yeah. we were blowing these people away and we've been able to find there are tests to confirm that stuff and i said for every every pregnancy lost mm-hmm. you have to maintain the placenta so we can stain it for trophoblast uh syncytium and if it's not present it's been destroyed and they know these venom components do that stuff mm-hmm. it's freaking disgusting all right we got about a minute left also you know i just want to throw out the homeopathic snake venoms we talk about the uh, different things conotoxin all these things can be converted and have been uh, throughout you know the history of homeopathy and use this medicine and I don't want to overlook that you have that as a tool, a simple tool, a safe tool, even if you can't do these other things. I'd love for you to access all the things that Dr. Artis is doing as well. Uh, but I want you to know the homeopaths are here to save the world, too. And, and someone just handed me a homeopathic little bottle for mm-hmm. nicotinum or something, yep. mm-hmm. whatever that was. Yep. Naja we've used, which yep. is the Cobra Venom one. That's oh, right. Phenomenal. Yeah, yes, I love the, homeopathics. These are the next level when we talk about the energetics of what's manifesting physically. So, Dr. Brian Artis, again, uh, com. Link it up at robertscottbell.com. God bless you, my brother. Go with God. I know you will and do. And Robert Scott Bell, I trust. I love you. I love you, brother. All right. Remember, the God's honest truth. You've heard me say it a million times. I say it for me as much as anybody else. The power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Attention. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The Robert Scott Belzer. Scott Belzer. A lot of people have said there are people now dying of the swine flu who are in good health. By whose standards? Hospitals serve jello. Robert Scott Bell. Food advertising. You know the people. Fresh, natural, hearty, old fashioned, homemade goodness in a can. <laughs> Robert Scott Robert Bell. Scott Bell. Scott Bell. Dr. Agus argues that the fountain of youth is attainable if everyone were to take statin drugs. Excuse me? It sounds completely, completely insane. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, Robert Scott Bell. In the course of doing the Robert Scott Bell Show, I meet a lot of people that share what I call vitamin L. That is, they exude love from their very pores. And you meet them, the heart is open, and they open your heart too. This is one such person we meet, meet here at the Reawaken America Tour in Nashville. Amelia Love joins us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show from AmeliaLoveWorld.com and churchonsundays.com yes well I, I don't even know how you got that welcome welcome she's Hi. awesome so what is it that makes you so bubbly and happy and let me see if i can get that there you go go for it so i own a happiness coaching company and we work with some of the most advanced intelligent women and men on the planet so we teach people how to get to permanent happiness mm-hmm. through deep forgiveness through healing their childhood wounds and um 
in that space, their minds become silent. They can hear God and they can do what it is that they came here to do, which is serve God. I love it. You know, identifying your mission and purpose. It's something that is seemingly a lost art and people are struggling. They're they're just kind of fumbling around in the dark until they find out there's a reason for being here. Yes. And, and I know that it's unique to each and every one of you out there. Your mission and passion and purpose may be a little different, but that's yes. okay. God created us as individuals. And so when you have come up through your life experience, you're telling me about stories out of England and then come to America doing, I don't know if it's rap, hip hop, music, different things you did. I mean, yeah. I can't even keep up. <laughs> I know. It's been very interesting. The last 20 years was training uh, for what I do now. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the story for everybody. If you look back on your life, it was training you for this moment so that you would be equipped so that you, so anybody who feels that they've wasted time or made wrong decisions or they, you know, pursued maybe multiple careers, just know that this was all of the knowledge and experience that they were meant to have ready for this time. And the most important thing at this time is that when God says move, that they obey. Mm. Yeah. So you come to America from England. And, and, and is that, that when you started doing more music stuff? Yes, I came out for music and then I really liked the weather and uh, the weather's terrible in England and <laughs> and my family visit because they like the weather. And so, um, yes, so, so deciding to stay here and then I launched my happiness program uh, four years ago. We've had over 500 women come through. My mm -hmm. CEO is Alicia Bravo. She's an ordained minister. And uh, the other coach, Dr. Sherry Furlow, is also the 22-year ordained pastor that runs my uh, my church for me too. Mm -hmm. She's one of my coaches. And so uh, what we do is uh, we, we help people. We help people. And now uh, we launched our church, Church on Sundays. We launched mm -hmm. that only 12 weeks ago. It's 12 weeks old. And uh, we are we are getting about a million people every Sunday. Wow. And uh, we had Billy Falcon, Bon Jovi's best friend, uh, singing on the show just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Stella Emanuel has agreed to come on and do Stella's her testimony. Stella's yeah. 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 And so uh, it's really exciting. So we have the church service that's been running 12 weeks. But actually, just a couple of weeks ago, we launched seven days of Christian programming. So now we have Mondays, which is Christian Women's Hour. Sheila Holm joined us last week. And uh, we're going to be, in, I think... Um, Dr. Tenpenny has agreed to come on as well on a Monday. And uh, Tuesdays, Men of God. Clay Clark that organized this event that we're all at, he has booked to join us on this Tuesday. So he'll be on the Men of God show. And then well, uh, Wednesdays, we have Wellness Wednesdays. Judy Makovich is going to be on. We had Dr. Asim on last week. And um, sorry, Dr. Asim was two weeks before that. That's mm -hmm. right. And then Thursdays, we have Bible study with J.W. Stillreed, who is an author on Amazon. He wrote The Basics of Christianity. He teaches. And then Friday, Spiritual Warfare. And we have a teacher called uh, Richard Oswald, and he wrote Inside the Devil's Toolbox, and he teaches our Spiritual Warfare class. So what we're, what we're trying to do here is really just provide people what they need. Um, in terms of if somebody wants to come in and do the happiness program, somebody can read my How to Be Happy book with Charlie Ward, or they can um, they can come and attend the classes. So yeah, and your Wellness Wednesdays, I think I'm going to show up one time. One I day. want you on there. Right. I'm yeah. going to have you booked in. Actually, we're going to do as soon as soon as we finish. I'll send my producer over. She's right there. She's going to come over and book you. Awesome. And How to Be Happy with Charlie Ward. Tell me about more about this book. 
So this is really exciting. So back in May, God told me it's time to write your book. And so he said, you're going to get a series of interviews with the people that you know to be happy. And so first person on my list was Charlie Ward. So I called Charlie. I said, Charlie, will you be in my book? And he said, yes. So that was the start. So we recorded our interview. I'm the only person in the history of the world that has recorded an interview with Charlie Ward and asked him not to post it on his website. <laughs> and <laughs> and how, did he, how did he respond the first time you said, please don't post this on your website? Well, I've only ever done it once. He was shocked, but he just said, well, we'll, we'll uh, store it, send it to Drew, send it to, to Tara, and uh, okay, let me know when you want to put it out. Yeah. And to this day, I still don't sure whether we're going to put it out yet. I'll let him, I'll see, because I really needed it for the book chapter. So the it, basis for that chapter is the interview you did with yes, him? Okay. Yes, because we recorded 30-minute interviews, and then mm. we had them transcribed and turned into chapters. Mm. So it's conversations between myself and a good friend. And so Charlie Ward's in there, and Van der Stills in there, Sean Stone's in there, Laura Eisenhower, um, the um, doctor called Dr. Elia, who is the number one happiness author uh, on Amazon. He's also the president of the happiness organization in Geneva. He wrote the foreword and he did a chapter with me and he's a friend of mine. So we have a real cross-section, Joe Joyce, who is um, about to be the uh, heavyweight champion of the world. He's in there too. He's also a client. He's done my program. So we just got, it's really, really fun. It's just really fun and it's just fun conversations, but lots of really good gold in terms of mm -hmm. helping people to, to come up in frequency, to feel happier. Yeah. And what's so good about it is if somebody is feeling down, the book's going to lift them. If someone feels good, it's going to entertain mm -hmm. them and it's going to soothe their soul to know that there's other people that are happy like them. And then if somebody is really happy and they have some friends that are not happy, they can give them this book and this can give the person the tools that they need. And then obviously if people want to really take it far and come in and do my program with one of my coaches, then they can really, like, you know, they can really, really take off. Mm -hmm. So, Tell it, me about the, the, the journey to happiness. You know, if you're traveling through the music industry, whether it be in Britain or in America, there's a lot of sadness of despair and horrible things that happen. Did you have to navigate any difficult times through that? Well, the reason I left in the end was because I felt like everyone you met was always trying to see whether you were above them or below them, whether mm -hmm. they should be looking up to you and, and, and like, you know, scraping and groveling, begging, yes. groveling, yeah. or whether they should be making you do that. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why I left in the end, because it just, it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a lot of friends still in the industry, and I feel like um, God has positioned me for something that's coming. Uh, something that he, uh, like a prophetic word, was that basically the truth and the, the Christians is, and the health is all coming together now and then the next step will be the entertainment industry coming over and I'm to be that person that can speak the language of, for the entertainment people and then bring them in so that they can be encompassed and be told the truth and given the Christian training and given the health training so and the difference is when those people come over they're bringing like 5-10 million people with them so it's yeah. going to be a tidal wave it's going to be amazing pretty extraordinary now uh, we come back to the uh, church on Sundays.com. Is there also a physical facility where people come in or present at, at a worship service with you, or is it all done by Zoom, online, or however? So it's done on StreamYard. It's on the Streamer. Patriot Party News, okay. and we have a million people there now. We are um, just—we've just registered the foundation. We are going to be launching the Nehemiah Project, which is to build back the walls 
around America, the spiritual wars to make America gods again. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've literally just started getting the foundation put together for that. So with that foundation, the plan is to build refuges for vulnerable women because there's vulnerable women in our community yeah. that are in this truth or in health community. We need to make sure we provide for them. And then we will also build churches beside the refuges. So mm -hmm. that is next. <laughs> and then uh, from their schools and hospitals. big plans. Now, yes. do you see this being uh, America focused or do you have... Absolutely. Okay, starting. It has to be America. Um, mm -hmm. This is God's country and um, Americans are different. There's something different about Americans. Americans are fighters and we have to make America gods again first and then America will go and help the other countries. And that's coming from a British woman. So I'm just telling you, we have to secure America first mm -hmm. because America will save everyone else. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary insights. And I'm um, really pleased to meet Amelia Love here at the uh, Reawaken America Tour. This is the fun stuff we get to do when you get outside your comfort zone and leave the home and come together and meet people. Uh, there'll be other events coming up. Uh, of course, we're going to be in Atlanta uh, for the, the Next Steps Conference, February 22nd through 25th. I know that you hang out in Atlanta yes. a lot, right? Yes, yes. So uh, check out next-steps.info. And we'd love to see you there. Remember, RSB 10 to get 10% discount on the tickets. But it's about setting up, uh, you know, parallel tracks of health and healing that don't rely upon, uh, you know, whether it be government or, or medicine that, unfortunately, are looking to enslave people, not yes. get them well, not strengthen them and empower them. Yep. And so yep. it's different what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean, the enemy is real. The enemy is literally looking to lie and destroy and kill. And we have to fight back. And we fight back now as uh, coming together as one. This is the convergence. We must come together now. Yep. Uh, we have to walk the walk and talk the talk. And that's why it's so important now that all the leaders are able to drop their egos, leave their egos at the door mm -hmm. and say, how can I serve? Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what I've been trying to do today is just to make sure I leave everybody even better for having met them. And then at the mm -hmm. same time, yeah. um, that's what we have to encourage everyone to do is to be of service to others. While at the same time having self-esteem, not, not overextending yourself and damaging yourself, people need to fill themselves up with love. But I came in here so prayed up, I was ready to just love on You're everybody. Bubbling over. That <laughs> yeah. vitamin L coming out the pores there. Oh, yeah. Um, so when we're in Atlanta, we'll probably have to hit the organic Thai restaurant I was telling you about near yes. my mom's place. Yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so looking forward to it. It's so nice. I just It's so nice meeting new friends. Yes, it's it excellent. really is. It's fun to do that. And again, those of you who haven't uh, checked it out, AmeliaLoveWorld.com and we also have ChurchOnSundays.com and uh, you can check out the good work she's doing and be part of it and maybe be so inspired to find your mission and purpose in life as well if you haven't already figured that out. If you have, then you'll love supporting people like Amelia doing God's work as well. So thank you for being here, Amelia. Thank you for having me. Lots of love, everybody. All right. Ah. Vitamin L to spare. We'll see you in a bit. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show.
All right, here we are. Special edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show live from the Reawaken America Tour in, uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee, meeting uh, for the first time Pastor Dave Scarlett here from hisglory.me and hisglory.tv. That's correct. correct. Thank you for having me. So what brings you to this fine event, this amazing event? Well, we've been, uh, we, we started off with Clay in Tulsa, and we've done every one of them. We've done the green room, and we've done baptisms. Uh, at every one of these events, that's the next thing I do here is we're going to baptize the people here. So we've done about 5,000 baptisms in the, the 17 that we've done prior to this. So as far as, uh, uh, let's say, a message, communication, this, it's a wide array of, of speakers, you know, on a variety of topics. I, you know, I was on the, the last uh, event speaking on a lot of health and healing issues because yeah. I think people of faith have lost sight of the ability to heal outside of man's arrogance, right? right. Poison people, yeah. inject people. I'm like, they're eating GMO chickens on the weekends at church picnics. I'm like, oh, we're missing something about not just saving the soul, but the body, the temple. That is a great gift that we, I believe, are asked to care for and, and cherish while we are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was the disconnect in regards to that health message that the churches have lost over time? Well, I don't know if the church has ever really got it right. Um, you know, you go to a, a, a church, and then what do they do? They give you donuts instead of, <laughs> you know, building the body up. And, right. And that's unfortunate. You know, we've seen in the last three years of COVID, the sep- God separating the church from the conforming church and the remnant church. You're seeing the remnant church rise and not n- not having fear, standing up, and and looking looking to God to heal us with, with natural mm. things that he's created instead of man's. We yeah. see what the pharmaceutical companies have done, and... Uh, they're killing people, literally. Yeah. And uh, God has made everything that we need in nature. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And I, and I ask you this, you know, with all sincerity, trying to speak out to people of faith everywhere and, and the pastors, those are leading these places, rabbis, everybody. It's like, where did they get into this idea that they need to worship and exalt and elevate man above man in terms of medical man? Oh, let's worship all and praise all our doctors that are here with us today. I'm like, how did that happen? Did that happen overnight? Was that something you saw when you were growing up? Uh, no, I, I never noticed it, but I, was, I didn't keep a strong eye on it back yeah. when I was a kid. But, yeah, you know, you, again, go back to their, their, their doctrine that they had. At, I call them cemeteries. Seminaries. That's how they're taught. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're, our, to me, at his glory, there's only one doctrine. That's the living word of God. And he gives us all the answers. You mentioned earlier that our body's a temple. It is a temple. Our body was uh, created after the temple of God, mm-hmm. and we need to t- t- take care of that temple. Yeah, agreed. And, and like I said, it's so sad to see so many people miss that basic message, that foundational message. And, you know, they think, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And then they go out and they eat some <laughs> really toxic, poisonous stuff. And, like, how is that? you know, a, a glorious thing to do. And I get it. There's, there's a joy in life, but that can be done. You can do those things in a way that is not harmful to you. I think that's, we've lost that ability or, or the knowledge of it. Right. Right. And you've got to look to natural ways to do that. You know, Dr. Sherwood, I don't know if you know who Dr. Sherwood is, but he, him and uh, I at his glory, we've kept, come up with a kingdom fuel. Nice. So everything you I need in one, yeah. one meal, it's cool. a meal replacement. It gives you all the nutrition all organic and all made by God. Nice. I'm going to have to try some yeah, of that. Kingdom great Fuel. What a Kingdom great Fuel. name. That's what I had this morning for breakfast. Awesome. I'm fasting today, but I, maybe tomorrow morning I could have some breakfast with you like that. But that's to me, that's very heartening. Makes me very happy to hear what mm-hmm. you're doing. Because again, I think it's so fundamental, the message that when we don't know how to take care of the temple, we become weakened in you know this fleshy, fleshy reality. And then we become dependent 
on those that would take advantage of us, that are not trying to inspire us to connect with God, but really to control us and manipulate us through fear. We've seen a lot of that lately. Yeah, and the Bible tells us to fear not, and we see fear take over everything in our society, and we got we, we, we can't do that. We gotta be strong in, the, in our Lord and Savior and fight. And if you're gonna be warriors for Him, a warrior gets their body. Pre- I'm, a, I'm yeah. a Marine, so I uh, you 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 have to prepare your body. It's physical, mental, and a physical war we're in. Yeah, it absolutely is. And it's a, it's sad to me also for those that are serving in the armed forces how much they are turned over, not as cannon fodder on the battlefield, but as cannon fodder for the pharmaceutical church. Yeah. The moment they go in, they're like inject, air gun, whatever it is, and then they become the experimental pin cushions for a pharmaceutical church, which is a, a false teaching if there ever was one. Well, you talk about the church. We, we now are finding out that these pa- some of these pastors... They were taking uh, money. They were taking money from the government to yeah. give the jab. What's up with that? That is just, that's not a, that is no, not, not a cool at all. Well, listen, uh, Pastor Dave Scarlett, hisglory.me and hisglory.tv. How often can people watch what goes on there? Every day we run 24-7 uh, broadcasting on hisglory.me. Hisglory.tv is where we do movies, music, and uh, we reach about uh, 25 million people worldwide in every country of the world. Well, God growing. bless you, and thank you for bringing the power to heal back where it belongs. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. All right. That's God bless. Pastor Dave Scarlett on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks, Dave. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, Reawaken America tour is on, and guess who's here? Reawakening America and the world. Our good friend, cardiologist Peter McCullough, Doctor McCullough. So good oh, to see you, my friend. I'm so happy to be here. We're reawakening, yeah, uh, to a basically a whole new set of revelations in yeah. terms of what's going on. I think back to the first time we met a year or two ago. I don't even know now, and we were on the stage together and. All the things that have happened since then, it's like it's a whole different planet since then even. Oh, my Lord. I mean, today Elon Musk drops the bombshell Mm -hmm. that he had a reaction after his second shot and that his cousin has myocarditis. Yeah. The things that you've been pointing out can no longer be hidden. And uh, now they're just trying to figure out what do we what do we do? How do we soft pedal? How do we limit it, hang it out? You know, so it doesn't destroy us. You know, talking about the people that have been hiding behind these things. Well, you know, the thing is, it's all captured on video. So I was reviewing one of these clips where they showed Kamala Harris and Joe Biden mm-hmm. and Fauci and all the public health officials making dramatically different flip-flopping statements. Mm-hmm. Like Kamala Harris saying, oh, I'd never take one of these vaccines. And, and you know, on and on. Oh, we'll never van- mandate them. Then they become mandated. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look back on it, I- I'm nearly certain I've made more public statements than all of them combined. Uh, because yeah. if they do one show, I do ten. Exactly. And... Um, you can review all my film, all my video. I am enormously consistent. I haven't been erratic. <laughs> my views have changed because yes. the data have changed. Yes. And all of us as scientists, you know, that's, that's actually what we do. Mm-hmm. But you and I have not said completely polar opposite things in the last three years. It just no. hasn't happened. Yeah, I look back at it and I say, we haven't had to apologize for anything. No. Uh, I, you know, it's like 
look, I'm the first to get, hey, I messed up. Sorry, we got this wrong. We sought new data. Like you said. And the point is they're having to backpedal constantly trying to explain themselves away. And, you know, what's disappointing to me is that they still believe that they deserve the mantle of expert. You know, these are the people that have condemned so many people to be harmed and even died. Or even trust. They've said, trust us. Remember, follow the science. Then at one point in time, Fauci said that he was the science, that he was the science. And I can tell you, as a doctor and a scientist, America knows that I cite the data. I give the first author the study. I'm able to locate it. That's actually following the science. Our public health officials, I can't remember a time when Fauci quoted a study or Rochelle Lewinsky or uh, Surgeon General Murthy or our uh, White House uh, coronavirus coordinator, Shaw. They actually don't cite the literature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, as you've been doing these tours like never before in your career since all of this came about. I mean, you have this career as a cardiologist and you have this lane that you're in and suddenly the whole world opened up and said, Peter, I think we need your insight here. And you've expanded. And, of course, the things you've been exposed to have altered your worldview significantly. You know, that's that's very much true, especially with respect to naturopathic or holistic um, chiropractor, mm-hmm. integrative approaches. And, boy, are we finding out that in so many of these COVID-related syndromes, both uh, you know, post-COVID syndrome mm-hmm. and now vaccine injury syndrome, yeah. where the traditional allopathic uh, approaches in medicine are really failing. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this so many times and, you know, even to you, we've talked before about the things that have happened in local arenas. Like, you know, we've been meeting the doctors together in Utah where we are, uh, the chiropractors, the NDs, the, the MDs, the DOs, the nurses, all of the holistic and, and what we call allopathic modalities coming together, the people realizing that we've got a lot to learn from each other, a lot to teach each other, and that we're better for it. We're, we're not somehow diminished because we acknowledge there are certain things I didn't learn, certain things you didn't learn, certain things you learned I didn't learn, and how we're better to come together like this. It's so true. And this is, it's, isn't it something else that we have to have a novel disease? come down and then we actually have to have a novel set of vaccines Mm. that create a whole new novel set of problems to bring us together. So it's almost as if this came down on us and inner response has been now mm-hmm. collaboration that we never had before. Yeah. And to let us know, you know, we've been off course for a long time. Uh, you know, obviously I, I made choices in my life, you know, going on a career path toward medicine and, you know, talked about how my uncle told me, hey, it's not going to, you won't be happy if you do this and explain why I didn't understand till later. And then realized, my gosh, there's so many people that could be helped if we would work together. And yet no opportunity came until the disaster, the crisis occurred. And it's like, we are humans. We tend to get, we could either come together in crisis or be divided. And I think those, what did I call them? Elite ruling overlords like they'd like to be. They try to use the crisis to divide us. And instead, we've decided to come together. Well, you know, that's true. And uh, the proportionality wasn't the same. So, for instance, among the allopathic MDs, very few came forward to face the virus. It was a greater proportion, slightly, of the osteopathic doctors, mm-hmm. greater for the chiropractors, and much greater for naturopathic holistic doctors. Mm-hmm. So the proportions weren't the same. And uh, this is the most interesting observation that it was it, it was a blend, I think, of 
of courage, mm-hmm. of actually facing this, yeah. of also intellectual curiosity. Yes, yes. Right? So, yeah. so this is something brand new. There's no roadmap on what to do. And then also the fact that the illness itself was amenable to this multimodality approach. We saw so many different elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. And, and again, the things we get to learn when we come together I, excite me because I'm, you know, at heart, science is something that I truly, truly enjoy and have enjoyed and been so disappointed by those who claim the mantle of science, not interested in actually engaging in it and learning things that could be inconvenient to their uh, stipends or to their grants, etc. And we've seen Fauci control DNA, DNAH grants billions and billions of dollars over decades to the diminishment of scientific inquiry and endeavor, not to its encouragement. That's true. And then when we saw corruption in the medical literature, which I think is very important, we saw valid papers uh, retracted for no reason. That happened to me in a paper I had published in Current Problems of Cardiology. We saw fraudulent papers Mm -hmm. published in Lancet, uh, New England Journal of Medicine. And then we saw campaigns that we've never seen before. So for instance, the American Medical Association launches a campaign to mm-hmm. abolish the use of ivermectin. Abolish. Wow. Since when does it? When does a physician organization want to abolish the use of a safe and effective drug that's fully FDA approved that doctors were finding success in treating a novel syndrome? It occurs to me it sounds more like a crusade against heathens, than, you know, in a, in a sense, in a religious or cult-like devotion to something as opposed to an endeavor that says, you know, what's working for people? Let's let's shout to the world, hey, the doctors that are pointing this out and succeeding and others that are working together, that would seem to me a reasonable response, not what we have seen. And, and we saw dismissive behavior with inconclusive trials. So small randomized trials almost always are inconclusive. They're too small. And we saw these uh, declarations, aha, this doesn't work. And I said, wait a minute, doctors in the field are finding success with this uh, uh, the community standard of care is defined by the body of practitioners in the community. Mm-hmm. That's very important. It's, it's yeah. not defined by the government agencies or medical boards. It's and, and, and the initial treatment, the most important thing is, how does the patient feel? Yeah. Is the patient surviving and not being hospitalized or dying? And then the doctor's confirmatory observations. And that was going on worldwide. Mm-hmm. And there was an active campaign to... Stop that. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, and overt. It used to be a little bit more subtle or targeted to one or two people. Now they had to confront a growing population of people in the healthcare sector that were saying, this, this is wrong. This is, and, and it couldn't be contained or constrained like in the past when you could take somebody out by calling them a name, you know, whether it be an anti-vaxxer. Now that word ha- has lost meaning because everybody has to question vaccines. In fact, it's causing many physicians to question the entirety of the history and saying, hey, what were what was truthful? What was accurate? What was scientifically validated versus what we've been told, the stories? That's so true. You know, as a, a traditional allopathic doctor, I had accepted all these vaccines as <clears throat> safe and effective. I didn't question them. I took them all, traveled, took some more vaccines. But as this started to come out, I said, you know what? I need to critically appraise the literature. And it was interesting on my Substack, Courageous Discourse, I, I took on just, I just critically appraised the measles vaccine just on efficacy. Mm-hmm. And then I found really several measles outbreak that were well published among the fully vaccinated. And then I did the same thing for mumps and I found the same thing. And as I, I you know, I wasn't declaring anything. I'm saying, listen, I'm just doing a review just so people know the measles vaccine is not 100% effective. Mm-hmm. And I got emails, some, some people who are on our freedom team saying, you can't do that. 
you, you can't critically appraise these vaccines. I was like, what? Yes. And uh, so there's something about vaccines. It's almost like a talisman. It's almost mm. like it's, 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 it has a sanctimonious yeah. uh, position in our thinking. And we, we've got to stop this. Vaccines yeah. are no different than any other biopharmaceutical. They deserve critical appraisal. The vaccines we're using now shouldn't be the same ones in the future. There should be some evolution and advancement and refinement. And even a willingness to question the, the premise and discuss, you know, what are the advantages, disadvantages in terms of health outcomes for those that get it? If you don't even manifest the thing you're targeting, but hey, are you better off or not? Could you have been better off going through a, what I call a childhood rite of passage in many senses, uh, in a healthy environment that it doesn't really pose a significant or mortal risk for most? Well, certainly in today's age, remember a, a lot of vaccines were developed at, in a different era of mm-hmm. time. So we know now that for instance, diphtheria and pertussis, that's treated with a Z-pack. I mean, how many Z-packs do kids get if they... Uh, we know that uh, deep tissue infections typically are cleansed and mm-hmm. receive various forms of, of penicillin or cephalosporin antibiotics. That covers tetanus. So we've got, you know, we've literally have diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus now essentially covered. And then when we learn more that, you know, for instance, a valuable vaccine, mm-hmm. I think one of the most valuable ones that really, really made a disease go away was rubella. But it was congenital rubella syndrome for pregnant women. So, so really what would be on the table is women entering their childbearing years having vaccination rubella instead of blanket vaccinating yes, yeah. everybody. So we actually vaccinate little boys for rubella largely to protect the mothers. And at some point in time, uh, mm-hmm. we have to say, listen, the people who need the vaccine should get them. Those who really don't need them, there's no medical indication. Uh, it's yeah. not clinically necessary that you know we should, we should not do that because... Every vaccine offers a stochastic risk for the possibility of an aberrant immune reaction. And, and some yeah. of these reactions can, can be severe. Right, severe. And, you know, as we're having this discussion, you know, again, very rational, sane, looking at things, this is what should always have happened. Instead of treating this subject, for instance, like I call it the, the, the sacrament in the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. It's like, oh, no, you shall not question. It's like... Are you kidding me? The very thing you tell me I shouldn't question is what I'm going to question because there's something you don't want me to find. And then we can, again, as we cooperate and come together, we may find even greater innovations, whether it be through vaccinology or other methods to prevent, genuinely prevent things that could be harmful in that sense. And I think uh, that's been lost over a long period of time. We're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. I'd have him on every day, but then he'd never be on any other show. That would be fair. So, but always enjoy our reunion together at these various events. So stick around. A lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check out the link to Courageous Discourses uh, Substack as well at Robert's Bell.com. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Well, thanks again for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Peter McCullough, it's going it's a, a lovely reunion. Look at him smile. Do you see he smiles? This is not a man that's angry. He could be angry. He's been attacked viciously. But no, he finds light and love and laughter. And, you know, this is why when I see people around you, they truly adore you. Is it annoying ever? Well, you tell you, you know, being joyful is actually healthy. Absolutely. That, that there's, there's a, you know, there's a, a, a mind-body connection and... So many people in the last three years have faced hardship. They mm-hmm. felt uh, they've had family illness. Uh, sadly, they've had uh, you know close family members pass mm-hmm. away. 
And they've had hardship. People have lost their jobs. Uh, they've had their businesses shut down. And what we've learned is almost all of this didn't need to happen. Yeah, that's the thing, the tragedy of this. And, and we look at the individual suffering, the cost for each of us that have lost loved ones at the same time. Then we step back, as we've discussed, and say, there's a greater thing happening, too, despite the loss or maybe because of the loss that's allowing us to do things we couldn't do before. You know, and it's like, I didn't write the script, but we're here trying to play out and make it the best we can. Well, I, you know, Robert, a great, great example of that is independent media. Mm. This has yeah. been a meteoric rise of independent media, which has been astonishing. The amount of mainstream media that's consumed now is progressively diminishing. Yeah. People are going to alternative sources. They want to hear different viewpoints. And uh, of interest, you know, our mobile society, more and more people actually want to listen to radio and podcasts because they're exercising, yeah. they're in the car, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, they don't want to be distracted with the, a lot of visuals. They just, they, they want to hear yeah. the content. Well, and engaging intellectually is something that, you know, they say, oh, the people don't want to hear real stuff. No, they do. I think that's what that's drawing us. To together as well as drawing the audience to this. And by the way, as well as the books, I'd like to see the comeback of books. Maybe it's happening. Check this out. We've talked about this with Peter and his co-author with John, The Courage to Face COVID-19 by John Leake and Dr. Peter McCullough. And as we're talking now, there's been a little a cyber attack on Amazon to try and make you not find it. But uh, I hope that you'll get it. There seems to be no limit to the corruption. You know, Amazon has a fair self-publishing platform. That's what we did. We followed the rules. Uh, our book has over a thousand five-star reviews on Amazon. It's very hard to achieve. Uh, it's a best-selling, true crime, gripping depiction of what happened early in the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. where we've really fully developed the characters, and it's all a true story. And it's been written by best-selling author John Leake. It's the only book in the COVID area that's actually written by a pro, where, where, yeah, where you're engaged and yes. you want to turn the next page. It's you know, doctors really can't write books for lay people. It really takes a lot of uh, skill, and, and you know this, mm-hmm. uh, the area of, of, of publishing. Yeah. So what we found out is that, you know, I got an emergent panic contact today that someone had hacked my Amazon author account and it went down, and then the book sale activity just absolutely crashed on Amazon. So now we're in repair mode. We have seen corruption. Let me give you another example of corruption. It mm-hmm. happened today. Eventbrite, the ticketing, ticketing mm-hmm. yeah. uh, agency. It's happened now twice for me, programs that I spoke virtually in Australia and then one live at the Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Mm -hmm. where Eventbrite did all the ticketing, they kept all the money. The night before I spoke, they emailed everybody saying the event was canceled and Eventbrite took all the money. They took all the money. Just just horrible, that level of corruption. And we've heard from them before. So if you can avoid using Eventbrite, try to use some other ticket sellers. It would be helpful. To let them know, uh-uh, we ain't playing business like that. Now, the other thing is we get to meet so many awesome, good people, uh, like my friend, our friend, Kimberly Overton of the Nurse Freedom Network, Le- leading with their heart to correct the mistakes of the past and not do them again. My gosh, this is so great that the nurses are really rising up like this. Yeah, they are offering a new service, Nurse Freedom Network. This is very uh, important. It's actually concierge nursing. Do you know how many patients that I have need some help? And we're not talking about home care nursing. We're talking about help, mm-hmm. I mean, real help in terms of understanding what to do, how to help in getting medicines, how to mm-hmm. navigate this comp- complicated yeah. medical system. Uh, there is an alternative health system that's uh, arising because of the inadequacies of the insurance-based 
big medical model yeah. where um, I can tell you patients who come to the big medical centers, they, you know, they have to pay for parking, they pay for co-pays. Their visit time with the doctor is down to seven minutes. I mean, it's terrible. No, but the remnant nursing that I'm hearing about from Kimberly is fantastic. And uh, I'm just, again, honored to meet these great people that are rising to the occasion in the midst of a lot of challenges. They can't do the work that they've been trained to do within their profession because they don't want uh, to be mandated jabs. They don't want to give the things that they know are so harmful. And Peter McCullough, God bless you, my friend, for all that you're doing and your willingness to communicate. Stand up strong to this. We love you and appreciate you here. Thank you. All right. Remember, on The Robert Scott Bell Show and in in life, the power to heal is really yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.